Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we get industry leaders sharing their ideas, philosophies on how to make their uh, businesses grow faster and how to get their employees to be better, stronger, faster. And today, I'm joined by Isaac Verge. He is the head honcho at the Verge real estate team. Isaac, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, When did you... uh, because the reason it's going to be interesting is, you know, you went from like just starting out in real estate and building a team that's doing exceptionally well. And during that journey, there's lots of lessons there. So we can kind of deconstruct that and get uh, those epiphanies and share them with our listeners and our viewers. So tell us when you started uh, into the real estate business and what crazy idea led you to be a realtor? Okay. Uh, so around 2007, uh, I was in a, an, another role with another company wasn't uh, wasn't the perfect you know lifetime fit for me, and so uh, my wife and I made the decision to sell the house we were in and uh, go into a duplex so that we could essentially live um, at a reduced uh, cost, and that would allow us to put her uh, into school to pursue a career as a nurse, and uh, and then I would figure out what I was doing and. Um, through the process, uh, we hired a hired an excellent agent who gave great advice and uh, had a lot of little unexpected sort of extras along the way that you know would have expected from anyone. Uh, and it was just such a high level, you know, positive experience that I, I got interested. I, I'd previously been interested in real estate. Obviously, if you own property, you pay attention. But um, uh, and he he sort of planted the seeds of you know what could be a really cool way to uh, both grow uh, some investment property uh, plans for the future, but also to get into a world where, you know, your, your whole um, success is tied to your client success. So, um, you know, very rewarding sort of, uh, sort of a role. And um, so, yeah, he planted the seed. So started the courses shortly after that. I took my time and officially started as a realtor in 2009, uh, September. Excellent and um, ended up uh, mentoring under the agent that had kind of planted those seeds. And, um, and yeah, it's obviously been, been quite a journey since then, um, starting out as, you know, green and solo and, and all of that to, to being a part of the amazing group that I'm a part of now. Um, Excellent. So as you started on this journey, you know, the, there's ups and downs. Tell us about uh, your first win where you realized, okay, this is for me. I've helped somebody get a house. Was it the first house you sold or was it a little later on where you kind of felt like, I found my calling. Well, uh, so I, I was I was very fortunate because um, I, I was able to find uh, clients, you know, right out of the gate. Um, my my previous role uh, it was a management position, and so um, when I was in that role, I, I really made a conscious effort to try and uh, create the best possible work environment for my staff. And so my very first client, um, I was li- licensed for you know a, a day or two or three. I made the announcement on social media and all that, and she said, "Hey." 
I loved working for you. Uh, I'd love to work with you. I know you're new, but I'm new too. Um, nice. So we're going to hang out together. And um, I just feel like I was so blessed to have somebody uh, put their trust in, in me, not necessarily in my experience, um, but knowing that, you know, we would, we would figure it out. And so we were able to, um, it started in the uh, beginning of September, we were able to uh, get them uh, into a property in mid-October. So it didn't, it didn't take long for me to hit the ground running. Um, so I would, I would consider that more of a, well, a success, yes, but more of a blessing that somebody nice. know, took a chance on me. Um, so how many transactions did you do in the first year? Uh, first year, 53. Which is like freaking awesome, right? Because most realtors end up doing less than 10. So 53 yeah. is huge. What do you think that came from? Was it like uh, you had a sales mindset or you just kind of opened yourself up and things started kind of flowing your way? Um, I, I, again, I think it's, I, I think for me, it was a lot, a lot of it was network. Um, but it was probably only about a third of the clients I helped that were clients that I, I knew from a past life, so to speak. Um, and the rest would have just been, you know, being on top of things. You, you get a call, you, you return it immediately. Um, you know, I, I definitely put in the time. I definitely uh, was very responsive, um, tried to lead with value always. And um, from the beginning, you know, this isn't about sales for me at all. It's about helping people get what they want. And there is nice. a sale attached to that. Um, but if somebody wants to buy and, and, and your focus is on service and on, on helping them make the right choice um, and, and, you know, being a party to that, I, I think you know, the sales just sort of happen. That, that's, that's sort of the byproduct of service. I'm going to throw out a hypothesis and uh, kind of give me a take on it. And if it sounds good, go with it. If it sounds like bullshit, please say so. For sure. So I think intent is uh, really important when we're doing something. And some people, uh, some realtors talk about customer service and making sure the customer gets what they want, but their intent is to make a sale. And it sounds yeah. like your intent is to make sure that they get exactly what they need in the way that they need it. And the byproduct is the sale. A, do you think that's a true statement? And how important do you think intent is to when you actually go to do an activity? Well, I think, um, I mean, I, I would agree with that statement. I, I think that, uh, you know, we're in an industry and there's a lot of excellent, excellent, excellent agents out there. But I think a common theme that you'll, you'll find with all of them, and maybe I'm making assumptions based on a utopian perception of our industry, uh, but the ones that do well do lead with service and, and their intent is service. It's not about uh, making a sale. I mean, my goal, my goal is always to, to have a relationship and um, I, I want to be a part of a part of their lives and their and their kids' lives and their brothers and sisters and their parents' lives. So, you know, for me, it's it's about uh, making sure that I'm doing everything I can to um, to make it so that they can't imagine uh, wanting to go in a different direction. And brilliant. If their friends uh, are, are talking about uh, real estate, that that we have a relationship where they. Uh, where I am top of mind, um, or where, where my team is top of mind. Um, right. I, I would say that the best deals that I've done in real estate are the ones where I've told a client, hey, that's not a good deal, or you shouldn't offer that much, or, you know, did, did you notice this issue or that issue, or you know, the ones that I've talked to people out of, I honestly think are, are the best deals that I've done. And if I was worried about a paycheck, um, that would that not be the case. Sorry, my phone started ringing. I thought I turned all my notifications off for this. 
It was just a client saying, hey, uh, my cousin wants to buy a house. Where are you? And I, I will return the message very promptly. <laughs> Brilliant. So when did you start your team? Like how many years into the business was it before you started your team? So uh, with, with the goal being responsive and service-oriented and on top of things, um, but also being busy out of the gate um, and, and being fortunate enough to, to start to see repeat and referral business you know, fairly quickly, I, I got to the point where I was kind of really battling with the guilt of, of not being able to reply to people as fast as I could. So I, I knew pretty early on that I needed help. So my first hire was, um, and, I, and I had a few administrators, but my first hire was, was an unlicensed assistant that could help me with the back office stuff so that I nice. could focus on that. Um, my first official uh, team member um, was actually my administrator for about two years. Um, so that's Sarah. La she was Nicholson then. She's, she's married now, Sarah Laporte. Um, and she officially was licensed in 2016. And, um, and that was a game changer because it really uh, allowed us to, you know, broaden our, our, our service level and um, not basically not be, not be late or not miss on something because there was two of us working to support. But with that, it created, you know, some pretty, pretty high growth. So, um, so yeah, around 2016 was officially when the team was formed and, right. uh, and it's grown from there. Superb. So before we kind of leave the early years, what would be three pieces of advice you'd give a new realtor coming in that would allow them to be successful the first year out? Um, well, number one, real estate's a contact sport. So you, you got to get out there and you got to talk to people. Uh, and, you know, maybe your maybe your 80 percent is working your social media. Maybe it's going door knocking. Maybe it's doing open houses for for other agents who have the listings and you're brand new. But honestly, just asking for the business from day one. If any of my colleagues in the local industry uh, do end up hearing this podcast, um, they'll remember the times that I've said, hey, if you're ever too busy, I see you're really doing well. I would love to take care of the clients that you just can't get to. Um, I'm, I'm always asking for business, not, not necessarily just uh, to clients or just in general, but even to my fellow agents. And um, our, our team has been pretty, pretty fortunate with referrals from uh, agents from both in market and out of market um, as a result nice. of that. I think just making the contacts, you know, having the conversations and, uh, you know, put yourself out there. If you fail, you fail forward. I mean, you go to a listing appointment and you're brand new and you don't know exactly what you're doing, but you go as prepared as you possibly can. And then you analyze after and figure out where you were lacking and then make sure that you improve on that for the next time. But um, if, if you're paralyzed by, you know, trying to be perfect, um, oh, yeah. you won't even get out the door. So, you know, fail forward, you know, do your best and, uh, and, and constantly try and evolve and learn. Brilliant. So how many people in your team right now? Uh, we are up to 13, I believe. Um, 13. And how many agents are in that uh, 13? Uh, that would be 11. Nice. 11 agents. We've got a, we've got a couple coming on, but uh, and we have a brand new agent that started with us in the last couple of weeks. So four. So very lean in terms of like you've got agents and then you've got a couple of admin people to kind of make the whole magic happen in the back end. Yes. Yeah. We uh, that was that was actually a big a big adjustment for us because, you know, over the years we had, you know, basically an administrator, but um, our operations manager um, was a realtor and uh, we had a team meeting and um, she, 
you know, either did the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. But at the team meeting, she's like, you know, you know what we really need? We really need an operations manager to help sort of quarterback everything. Nice. We all just looked at her and, you know, she fell into that role and she's she's been doing an excellent job. Um, support is, is key. First one thing in the Army, you don't uh, mention something like that because you're going to get volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But she's, she's doing great with the role. And I, and I think it's, uh, you know, she's, she's operating in her 80% now uh, being in that position. Ah, brilliant. So you're just minding your own business. You're running your business. you got an admin person helping you. And then all of a sudden you're in charge of a team. So tell me some of the mistakes you made when you first started to lead a team. And then what were the lessons learned? And let's kind of examine that for a minute. Then we'll go deeper into the team. Sure. Um, so uh, I, I would say that um, taking on more, like, so we're trying, we want to attract people that uh, we're not, we're not employees, we're essentially all partners. So we want to attract people that are, are independent and, and needing guidance is totally, is totally good. But um, uh, before we kind of figured out the hard way uh, of, of putting on, uh, in place onboarding systems, um, we, we added a few brand new agents, uh, uh, to the team and, you know, as much as, you know, as much as I, and as I feel it's a massive benefit to go into an organization that, you know, collectively is, you know, sold, you know, well over a thousand homes and, you know, has, has encountered many, 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 many scenarios, uh, being able to take, you know, that collective, you know, 30 or 40 years of knowledge and then put it into bite-sized chunks for somebody who's brand new and, you know, nice know how to set up a website was uh was something that we needed to learn from so we, we had two um you know great great young guys that joined us um in uh 2019 right a lot of our growth has been the last few years but 2019 we had two that were you know green at the green at the gills and i found that it was uh, a, a massive time investment to to be coaching and mentoring somebody brand new um and uh and it just it created some created some challenge, and I don't I don't think that we delivered uh, for them in, in a way that allowed them to grow as quickly as they wanted to. And uh, one of them relocated up to Toronto. Uh, the other relocated to uh, decided to be a solo agent. Um, and uh, you know we wish them well, but we learned a lot from that. And nice. um, uh, so we've we've kind of been a little bit more uh, specific and selective in our process of onboarding, um, and we're not actually uh, looking for growth. Um, we're looking for culture. We're looking for somebody that's going to come in and that's going to be, you know, in line with our, with our values. And, um, and if they, it, and we've got systems in place to offer them better support starting out. So let's talk about culture. Cause I think for a leader, there's uh, three main duties. First one is having a kick-ass, amazing vision of what's possible. And people say, I want to go on that journey. The second one is culture. How do you get people to their behaviors and their mindset kind of aligns with what you want to build? And the third one is long-term shareholder value. How do you make your organization more valuable? But the most important element is that middle piece, that culture piece. So how did you articulate your culture, the one you wanted, and how do you get people to align with it? It's a great question. Um, it's a challenging question, to be honest. I feel, I honestly feel like we've been very fortunate to just attract like-minded uh, nice. people. Uh, there's some things that we do uh, as a team to, you know, promote that camaraderie. We have our, uh, we, we have our regular meetings. Um, 
we started uh, a tradition in 2016 where um, the, the whole team goes away for a retreat once a year. And we basically just spend, spend time together, you know, having some food, some drinks, going golfing. You know, last year we, you know, did some climbing. Uh, the year before we discovered one of our team members is deathly afraid of heights and we did a ropes course in the, nice. in the trees. But, you know, once a year we have that that we, uh, that we do to, uh, you know, to look forward to. On the to. team? Nice. Every every Christmas we do awards, but we don't do the typical you know top sales or you know any of that. We we look at the qualities of the individual and what they bring to kind of create this uh, this this pattern. We try and come up with sort of a comedic but also you know poignant uh, award for them to to honor um, what they bring to our to our group. Um, and and it's really it's really cool. I, I think when you know when, when I think about our group everyone is looking for how they can add value to everyone else. Nice. It's no, I don't think there's any takers on our team, if that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. So for a lot of agents that go from like being solo operator with an admin or two to all of a sudden they got a team, there is a learning curve and some people do it well and some people do it badly. What advice would you give new team leaders in real estate that, you know, here are the, just like you did for new agents, here are the three things you need to know to be an effective team leader. Uh, well, you, you have to always be responsible. Um, so basically, you have to you have to be willing to have their back. So you have to know that the person you're bringing on is somebody that you would you know go into the corner for at any given time. And not to say that we have a lot of those challenges, but you know they obviously come up. I mean, this this is this is life and this is business. So. So being willing to to step up for your team members, uh, I think, is key. And if it's not somebody you're willing to step up for, then you can't expect them to step up for you. Um, so that would be the first thing. Uh, second, you know, focus on on on. In my opinion, focus on getting the right people on the bus. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a great book. Um, actually, the guy who uh, Jim Collins. Uh, yeah, good to great. Uh, the, the the gentleman who who suggest I get into this business uh, actually gifted me a copy of that book. And, nice. and I thought that that was such a fantastic read and, uh, and, and so key um, having the right people. Um, we, we don't have a lot of churn. We don't have a lot of turnover. And I think it's because we're very, very slow uh, in bringing people on. Um, we also in, involve the group in the decision. Um, as far as I'm concerned, every, every member of the team is a stakeholder. Every member of the team uh, is a partner. And so, if somebody is going to come in and, and share in in our in our journey, um, we want to make sure that everybody's on board uh, nice. with that person. Um, and then the other thing, I think, as a team lead, I think your obligation is to provide uh, equal or better value to your team members than what they give back to you in terms of in terms of your whatever arrangement you have for splits. Um, so, so we're constantly looking at you know how we can implement one more thing. And perfect that one thing, make it a system, and then move on to the next thing. And each thing that we that we implement in our business, uh, we do with intention of providing better value, better experience, better support um, to to our team members. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. So going back to that good. book, uh, Good to Great from Jim Collins, uh, really what he was talking about was uh, the beliefs that a level five CEO has versus another CEO. Where level five CEOs, it's all about us versus my ego and my accomplishments. Yeah, it's about building the right culture. So for individual agents, they have beliefs around 
real estate, sales, money, self-worth, most of those sit in their unconscious. And sometimes you have agents that could be doing so much better and you can see their capability, but sometimes they can't see it themselves. How do you help them cross that chasm from their potential to their overcoming their fears? Can you think of a specific example? Don't name names, but say, because that gives us a truer answer. Oh yeah, I was helping an agent, da 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 da. So do you have one of those you can share with us? Hmm. So without getting into specifics of who, there's uh, an individual on our team who has a, a tremendous amount of experience, tremendous amount of knowledge, um, but seemed almost uh, like there was a little bit, not as much of a rudder on the ship. Right. And so um, what we did was we actually created um, a role for them, um, which is, and I guess the more more specific I am, the more people will know exactly what I'm talking so, about. So, 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 a- there, so you created a role. So it's almost like that Jim Collins did the right person on the bus, but they were on the wrong seat. So you helped them get to the right, right seat. That's exactly the case. So, so there, we needed to put them in a position where their talents uh, were were being used and uh, appreciated, and he was able to see a difference. And, and I actually, I would say that I would honestly say that that's probably the same thing that we did with our operations manager because she was the one who brought it up. But ultimately, she's uh, fallen into that role and done such a fantastic job, and has really thrived in that role. So, so I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's you got to have the right people there, but then you have to have the right people there doing the right things. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to, you know, sit in front of, you know, Canva and design our social media graphic for the, the latest listing. I'm just not that guy. It'll take me four hours to do. And it'll be, ugly. and I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there's, there's people in our group that are, are absolutely exceptional with the graphic design and they love it. And, you know, they feel good doing it and they, and they feel good about their contribution. So yeah, I think, Creating a space where people can contribute in the way that they're best able to contribute so that they can have that feeling of, of worth and value, yeah, I think that that's, that's absolutely key. Nice. So you're part of Keller Williams, right? Yes. So when I look at different teams in Keller Williams, which is a great organization, Keller Williams has a, a culture. Yes. And then the individual teams have their flavor of their culture, and they don't line 100% alignment but they're not 180 degrees apart. So they're similar in a similar direction. So how do you navigate that where you kind of keep the look and feel of the Verge team as you want it, that is highly successful and you don't lose, uh, but you don't get out of alignment of Keller Williams? Well, Keller's actually really uh, a a great company in terms of um, their requirements for branding. And um, it's a platform that's... uh, really built for agents by agents. And so we've never felt that, uh, you know, we had to do things that took away from our vision. Um, right. uh, the support is there. They, they've, uh, you know, we've got an excellent broker of record and obviously some Titans in the industry that we can look up to and, and call for advice and plug into their training. Nice. But, but there's no, there's no specific requirement other than the, the, the RICO requirements, which is the, uh, uh, Real Estate Council of Ontario um, for branding as Keller. So essentially, they've given us an opportunity to run our business within their business and run it the way that we want. Um, you know, with the with the vision and direction that we that we decide. Um, but there's such great vision and direction and, and such uh, great support in the organization oh, that absolutely 
they've they've provided us with some good opportunities to grow and good guidance, and um, and we've implemented you know a lot that we've taken on from coming over here uh, into how we run our business. Uh, but we're not your typical Keller team. Uh, we do things a little bit differently, and you know that's probably uh, not a conversation to get into on the podcast. But um, but we're but you have to be authentic, and 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 I really appreciate that. You have to be who you are because then yeah. you own it. And uh, Keller Williams obviously is a great organization that's incredibly successful. So Isaac, before we uh, part company, is there a mind hack or a technique that you use to be more productive or be happier or be a better leader? What's one piece of advice you could share with our listeners and viewers that would help them uh, become awesomer? Uh, so for, for me, it's, it, it's living by a schedule, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, I, I, I set big goals for myself every year and, uh, and I put them right into my, into my calendar and, uh, and, and I live by, I live by that calendar. So, um, I try and get the hardest thing out of the way, uh, hardest thing in my day out of the way at the beginning of the day so that the rest of the day is, is, is a success and a win and, and, and easy to accomplish. Um, but I, I think mindset's a discipline and I, and I think if you're not, Consistently investing uh, in your mind, whether it's uh, by reading or, or plugging into training or uh, listening to great podcasts um, and actively making the decision to uh, amend your thinking and to be focused on what you want as opposed to what you don't have. Um, yeah, I think I, that's that's the biggest thing. I, so when I just a quick story about the mentor who uh, kind of uh, who, who helped me get get started in the beginning real estate's not a cheap business to be in and um you know there, there, there's some cost and, mm -hmm. and and as soon as as soon as you start thinking about money you know you're, you're not going to be successful you're not going to be able to make money um because you're, you're not focused on service um and so i was really stuck in my head about oh geez i've got this expense i've got this expense i've got this expense um and he just he he gave me a little a little mantra that i ended up uh, programming as my alarm clock that I woke up to every morning, which is, which was, which was, uh, my income exceeds my expenses. So I woke up to telling myself that. So I was not focused on the expense, but I was focused on the opportunity and nice. focused on, you know, what was possible. And, and I think that that it, it's such a funny mind hack, but I think that that was a huge thing for me. And, uh, and it was, you know, how do I, you know, how, how does the business grow? The rest sort of falls into place. So, as a result, now you know we decide to take something on as a team. We're not obviously we're mindful of our budget. We're mindful of what we spend in operating our business, um, but we're not looking at those expenses as um, as a barrier. You know, if we nice. choose to implement something, we implement it, and uh, we know that if we do things methodically and we track, um, that the return on it should exceed the investment into it. So income exceeds my expenses. Isaac, thank you so much for being on the program. I learned a lot. I took some notes and uh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming. And that is the fastest way to get better results.